welcome back to Oh My Pod. Today I'm going to do a solo episode and focus on self-care. Self-care is so important for obvious reasons. If we don't care about ourselves, who really will? And self-care can mean a bunch of different things to each person. So I'm going to break the episode down today really into mind, body, and spirit. So that way we can dive into what I'm doing externally as well as internally to care for myself, if you will. So like I said, it's going to be a solo episode, stream of consciousness, if you will. Of course, I have notes and everything of what I want to talk about and um, products I use and, you know, tips and tricks that have helped me and apps and different ways that I can actually look out for myself. But I also want to get into the overall theme of this, which is really how we view ourselves. Um, to me, self-care isn't about vanity and being the hottest person in the room and saying, oh, I, I want to do all these things so that I can just look good. It's also so that I can truly be confident within myself because that will allow me to share my light with other people. If I'm constantly talking negatively about myself, not taking care of myself, beating myself up, that's just like a dark cloud to walk around with. And I don't ever want to be that person. So self-care to me is just almost like maintaining um, a positive attitude and doing things to maintain that or at least go towards that route. And, you know, again, do things that make me feel good about myself, both on an external level as well as an internal level. So with that being said, let's get started with the mind, because I think that's one of the most important ones. Recently, I've gotten into meditation, I would say in the last year or so. Prior to that, I will tell you, I had no interest in meditating. I thought it was lame. I thought that was for people that taught yoga in India. I didn't realize that it could really make such a difference. And so I got into it. I'm trying to remember how actually, um, maybe by listening to a podcast, I'm telling you guys, half the things I learn are from listening to podcasts. So I'm sure someone said it on a podcast and I was like, maybe heard it enough times where I, I wanted to sit down and try it, but I didn't know where to start. And I had honestly a really, really, uh, mis, uh, what's the word misconstrued view of meditation. I thought it was like, you had to try and have an out-of-body experience and like see all white and have zero thoughts and go to a place you've never been. That is not the case at all. Meditation really is just looking at your thoughts and realizing what they are and taking a moment to actually sit down with them. Because if you think about it, you never do that. You wake up, you get breakfast, you wash your face, you run out the door, you go to work, you go to a workout, you come home, you're hanging out with friends or family, hanging out with your partner, walking your dog, doing all this stuff, and then watch a show, read, listen to a podcast, go to bed. It's go, 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 go all the freaking time. So meditating actually helps you to realize, okay, let me check in with myself. Like, how am I actually feeling? What am I worried about? What's making me anxious? What am I happy about? It really is just like checking in with yourself. So I got into meditation um, and I started doing it through Headspace. And the reason I like Headspace, and I'll be honest, I haven't really even tried others just because Headspace really works for me, is because they have these little animated videos, which are super cute, but it really breaks down what meditation is if you're a beginner. So for me, I was, again, had no idea where to start. So I thought, well, let me just watch these videos and see. And it started to make sense because my issue too was I would get so distracted meditating. I was like, this is like really hard. I'm just thinking about 
all the emails I have to get to as soon as I walk into work and should I go to Starbucks or should I just try to make coffee at home? Like I'm not even thinking about what I should be thinking about. And I realize like that's okay. It's human. Our brains apparently produce like one billion, uh, make one billion decisions a day. So it's like obviously you're going to have different pop thoughts pop up into your head. So Headspace breaks that down and it shows you like ways and, and tips and tricks that you can try to be a little more um, present and also just checking in and saying okay this is how I want to spend my morning this is or you know you could do it at night too it doesn't really matter when you meditate I like to do it in the morning because it sets the tone for the day but Headspace has a really good way of explaining that and I love the narrator's voice he's I think uh British and maybe Australian I need to maybe look that up (laughs) his voice is so relaxing the other thing I like about Headspace is I get it. Like some of us don't have 20 minutes to sit around in the morning. We have to go or you might be a single parent or you might just be a parent in general or you have an early job where you can't be meditating for 30 minutes in the morning. I totally get that and I am with you. So they have different packs. So you can do like a three to five minute meditation. You could do a 10 to 15 minute one. You can do a little longer if you want. And they they break them out by um, feelings as well as different like resets if you will so it will have like breathing and sometimes I'm like you know what that's what I want to do today I don't really want to go through a whole 15 minute um, deep meditation I really just want to focus on breathing maybe I have a busy day coming up and I'm anxious or maybe I'm nervous about something or I'm just tired and I just want to like breathe through everything so I'll do the mini pack which is like three to five minutes so you can pick different ones they have regret depression happiness positivity, um, exhaustion, like they really have everything. So it's a great way to get into meditation. And now they even, I think, have some for around exercising. So we'll get into exercising laser later in this episode, but um, I highly recommend Headspace. And if not, and if you like to just uh, do it on your own and not really have someone guide you, just set a timer for like five to 10 minutes every morning. And if you think about it, five to 10 minutes really isn't a long, a long time. Like we're usually five to 10 minutes doing something else like our makeup or our hair, if you're a girl or making breakfast. So it's just waking up five to 10 minutes earlier or just carving out that time for yourself. So meditation highly recommend and really has helped me um, be centered, but also a little more grounded. So moving on from that, um, I usually like to write in a journal. And again, I know in the morning, like not all of us have this time. I love to sleep in. I'm that type of person that I will set four different alarms on my phone because I'm like, I really don't want to wake up on my first alarm. So let me have like 10 to 15 more minutes and try to squeeze some extra sleep time in. So I totally get that. Um, I was much better about this earlier in the year, but I had a daily stoic journal, which was from Ryan Holiday. He is a really great author and he has this stoic journal that focuses on different sections of stoicism. So each week it will ask you, Um, actually it will give you like a prompt or a lesson and then each day will ask you a certain question that you're supposed to write um, an answer to in the morning in the nighttime. I know that's a lot. Um, Again, I wish I was better about this and that I actually took the time to do it, but I got really bad and just fell off the wagon and I was like, oh, I'm just rushing through this journal. I don't really have time to do this. So I started making it more of a journal. I would answer the question in the morning 
And then at night, instead of answering it again, I would actually just make it a list of things I'm grateful for. So again, it is like do whatever works for you. If you actually just have like a blank notebook and you want to write in a journal uh, entry or how you felt that day or what are three things that you're grateful for, what are three things tomorrow that you want to accomplish, I think just having that time for yourself to check in is really important again because we tend to always be go 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 and living on other people's schedules so this is time for yourself to say okay let me look at my day or my week or my year and what are things that I've improved on what do I want to work on what am I grateful for that's what I like to do with the gratitude journal um and like I said the daily stoic one by Ryan Holiday is really awesome I've also heard the artist's way is really good I actually want to try that out um, it's more of like a creative expression way in the uh, to wake up in the morning. Apparently, you kind of just write free flow and let things come out onto the paper and just write, write, write. And it starts to bring you really to a place where you're like, oh, like this is really what's going on. I have to see through my writing just, you know, my stream of consciousness what's actually happening. And it really helps apparently get a lot of people through creative blocks or internal blocks that they have with themselves self-limiting beliefs. There's a ton of different things that I've um, heard about the artist's way that people have overcome. So I want to try that out. I will also say in the morning, podcasts are my number one. I usually wake up and as soon as I start like getting into my routine of washing my face and getting ready for the day, I'll put on a podcast. And sometimes it depends on my mood. Like I do have a list of, you know, maybe five to 10 that I listen to all the time. But sometimes in the morning, I either want to listen to something hilarious. So I'll listen to like Chris D'Elia's congratulations or I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling like learning. Let me go listen to something with Tim Ferriss and business or Skinny Confidential and wellness and beauty. Or now I'm feeling like a little more spiritual. I want to go listen to superficial magic and manifesting and all these different podcasts so that's why I like podcasts because there really is something for everybody so I like to throw this on um, while I'm getting ready and then I just spend my whole morning either learning or laughing or being entertained Um, it's really a nice way to start the day so podcasts of course if you're a big reader uh, I've heard you know people getting in some reading in the morning I will tell you guys, I am a slow reader and I'm one of those people that will go back and read a paragraph four times. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm reading. I just keep reading it. So I'm just such a slow reader that I have turned to podcasts and audiobooks and I'll go through those really quickly. So that's my style of trying to learn something. Um, So in the morning or my commute, I'll do an audiobook as well. Moving on to um, what I'm actually doing when I get out of bed. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of tongue scrapers. I found I found out about this through the Skinny Confidential, and I was like, "That sounds like it would hurt." Like, I don't even understand what it's really doing. Like, isn't that just why we brush our teeth? And I bought one on Amazon for five dollars, I think, and was just like, "Let me try this out." And I did it, and I was like, "Wow, what have I been doing my entire life before a tongue scraper?" You guys, think of when you sleep, and I mean, this is literally where the term morning breath came from. Like, it's just bacteria in your mouth sitting on your tongue. It's disgusting AF, like so gross. So now I do a tongue scraper, and I'm like, I cannot imagine what I would be doing without this, and I can't imagine moving forward not having it in my life. Like, I have to tongue scrape. So I do that first thing when I wake up. Um, I also like to immediately wash my face it kind of wakes me up I you know throw cold water on my face use a creamy cleanser and then I love 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 to have dewy skin so I'll be throwing on any type of lotion serum moisturizer 
oil spritz. Like I am basically having like a party on my face with all these potions. So I right now, um, I go in waves with my skincare. Like I'll go really simple and just do a creamy cleanser and then maybe a toner and then moisturizer. And then there's other days where I'm doing a serum and oil, a moisturizer, uh, you know, a spritzer, like so many different things. So right now I'm on that kick. I just did a little like beauty haul yesterday and it was bad. I should not have spent that money. I have lately been doing this funny thing where I spend money that I don't have on things that I don't need. So that was my day yesterday. So I got some serum. I got moisturizer with SPF. I got oil. I got a mask. I got all this different stuff. So Right now, I'm on that kick where I'm doing all those different things. And then, of course, making sure I have that SPF because I live in Florida now and the sun is beating down on me at all times and I do not want wrinkles and uh, my face to look like a saddle. So now SPF is my number one. And then I'm also usually spritzing the F out of my face with with some type of spritzer um, or spray. Right now, I like the rose water one. I think that's probably the most common one that everyone uses. And you guys, I am super cheap when it comes to um, things like this. I will say, like, I guess not super cheap, but I like a budget deal. Like, if I'm going to Sephora Ulta, I'm looking at my email, seeing if I have a coupon. Do I have points to use? Do I have a gift card? Like, I'm not trying to go in there and spend $200 because, A, I don't have that to just spend. And, B, there's a million other products just like these that work equally as well, if not better. So right now for rose water, I'm actually using the Trader Joe's one. It's amazing. It's good. It's a really large bottle. It's cheap. And I'm usually doing that before I even put makeup on and then I use it after as well. Um, I've heard it's amazing to just bring on a plane too. And when you get super dry, spritz it on. It's kind of nice to just keep in your bag. But right now I just kind of do it in the morning and at night as um kind of like a final touch to my face, if you will. There's so many though. I... I actually got a lot of this stuff at TJ Maxx. So I went into the skincare aisle and I, I wasn't really expecting much. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, we we like have to get out of here. I'm going to buy every single thing on this shelf. So if we don't leave soon, I'm going to end up spending like $250 on $5 bottles of oils and serums and everything. So don't think that you have to go to Sephora or Ulta or Neiman Marcus or any of these huge uh, retail stores for good skincare. You can get all this for a really cheap price at drugstores, at a TJ Maxx, etc. So that's a hot tip, but um, that's what I'm doing in the morning. I really like to take care of my skin. Like I said, living in Florida now, I can't afford to be breaking out all the time. And then doing my makeup, of course, but I will say as a learning lesson, when I was younger and I did my makeup for work, I might as well have been going out to the club. I was doing like a smoky eye with eyeshadow, filling in my brows, curling my lashes, doing lip liner, a contour. And I mean, I don't know if this is because there were like hot guys in my building or what, but now I do not do that at all. I'm throwing on a BB cream, concealer, some bronzer blush and mascara. Um, of course I fill in my eyebrows because I have thin eyebrows and I, I maybe need to look into microblading. Um, but I am just saying like less is more and really just learn to enhance your natural features. Like there's no reason to be covering yourself up with tons of makeup, especially for work where you're at for eight hours a day, if not more. Um, I am like, uh, how can I make this more minimalistic? I really don't want to look like a clown. So when it comes to makeup, especially during the work week, I keep it pretty minimal. 
Um, I'm trying to even be more minimal, but I have a few breakouts right now, so I have to cover those up. Um, but I do think less is more, and I do think enhancing your natural features kind of ties into this whole self-care thing is like really loving yourself stop trying to hide certain things or make your nose look a certain way with contouring or you know doing this and that and the other thing to basically make yourself someone you're not uh you are who you are like you are unique there's no need to be doing 20 different things to your face every morning to try and alter how you look so that's just a, a little tangent that i had about my makeup um moving on to Let's see. Do we want to do body or spiritual? Let's do body. So before I get into like specifics, I think the biggest thing that I want to talk about with body is like how we actually look at ourselves and talk to ourselves. And I'm telling you guys, I am like the worst perpetrator of this. And I I would say in the last month or two, I've really had to check myself because I didn't realize how bad it was. And I'm not saying I look in the mirror and say, ew, you're disgusting. Ew, oh my God, I can't believe you look like this. It's more of like how often I'm looking at it and how often I think, oh, this needs to get better. So I'm always like lifting up my shirt in the morning and scanning and seeing if I'm bloated. And I used to have a a scale and I would constantly be stepping on it. How much do I weigh? Oh my gosh, I'm a pound away from my goal weight oh my gosh, I need to have a salad today now. Uh, Now I'm five pounds off. Oh my God, I need to go crazy. Like I was pretty obsessive about that. Um, I've gotten, I actually got rid of my scale because I was like, this is so unhealthy and I should not be judged by a number. I'm five nine. I am always going to weigh more than my friends that are four feet shorter than me because because I have more body. So yeah, I'm going to weigh more. I also come from a Puerto Rican family on my mom's side. So I have huge Spanish hips and that's not going to go away unless I get surgery or really, I don't even, I know, start doing hip exercises only. And I've just learned to like, I like my hips. I used to hate them. And I, I honestly used to think like, how could I get rid of my hips? Like, I wonder if there's a crazy surgery or maybe liposuction suction or something like that. I'm, I'm over it. Like, I don't care anymore. I like being curvy. I know I'm always going to weigh more than other girls. I'm always going to be a little larger in size, especially with my hips. Like I said, they're adding like four inches onto my, uh, jean size. So I've just accepted that. And I think that's the biggest takeaway I want to leave with you guys is like, accept yourself as you are and stop looking at a number on a scale or a size to make you think that's who you're worth or what you're worth in society. I am not walking around with the size of my jeans on my forehead or screaming to the rooftops how much I weigh. So why do I look at those numbers and judge myself so much over it when A, no one needs to know it's none of their business and B, it doesn't matter. If you think about it, do you hang out with people only because they're a certain weight or a size? Like, oh no, I only hang out with girls 120 pounds or less and size four, no. So why all of a sudden would you start thinking, well, I would be worth more if I weighed less or I think more people would like me if I was down a size in my pants. That makes no logical sense at all. And I'm telling you this as a person that used to do this all the freaking time and I still do. So I am like working on that and not trying to, you know, run to the scale every morning and reward myself or punish myself because it's honestly depressing. Like, I'm so, so over how much we talk negatively to ourselves. I mean, I I did like kind of a, not a challenge, but like, I guess you could call it a challenge of like, how much do I actually punish myself and reward myself um, throughout the day and week? 
And I was like, wow, I am constantly, even if it's not a big deal, again, I'm not saying like, ew, fucking disgusting girl, but I am like, oh, shouldn't have had that. I feel guilty. Oh, what a bad meal. Oh my God, I was bad. I cheated. I had ice cream. Oh my God, I wish I was four pounds less. Oh my God, that wedding's coming up. And I was like constantly, constantly, constantly beating myself up. And I was like, over what? Like, this is annoying. Like, I am miserable over a few pounds a few sizes and and for what like I would just wonder like am I gonna be like this for the rest of my life like always beating myself up and making things about bad and good and punishment and enjoyment or rewarding myself like that's just a really really sad way to live and I decided like I don't want to live like that anymore so literally this weekend I was like if I eat a piece of Texas toast, which I just did at dinner, I'm not going to all of a sudden be whining about it all night. And oh, I can't believe I ate that toast. And nah, nah, nah. I'm over it. Like, yep, I ate the toast. I wanted it. It's done. If I feel sick, then maybe moving forward, I won't eat toast. If I liked it, it's fine. I think if I stress myself out more about what I eat, I actually am holding on to it. And this is true because I've heard this multiple times from both people in my life and um, on other platforms that if you're constantly thinking that way and punishing yourself, you're really just raising your cortisol because you're always getting yourself stressed out. So like, let's going back, let's go back to the Texas toast example. If I had that tonight and then I spent the whole next three hours like, oh, I can't believe I ate that toast. I was so bad. I'm going to, I'm going to track it in my fitness pal. And oh my God, look at these calories. Like, oh my God. And just constantly talking about it. My body is like, getting tense and anxious and like guilty and I'm probably just holding on to that weight now because I'm not letting it go and I'm just punishing myself and internally my body is like whoa like we don't know what to do this is so tense like I'm now just gonna hold on to this weight so more often than not people are not getting where they want to be because of how stressed are they stressed out they are and how obsessive they are over things that they're doing so when it comes to body Guys, I've been on wild roller coasters. I've done Weight Watchers. I've like semi-tried keto. I've done Class Pass. I've joined three different gyms. I have a personal trainer. Like I've tried everything and done everything. And I'm telling you this to come from a place of like relatability. Is that a word? Um, So that you get where I'm coming from. Like I am in no way a health or wellness guru. If if actually if anything of if someone told me like three words to describe myself it would nowhere be near healthy like I have the biggest sweet tooth I love chocolate candy I love skittles I am the biggest biggest sweet tooth like I actually had three cavities last year because I was eating so many sweets so side note but the reason I'm telling you this is because what what I'm about to tell you is what things that have worked for me so I'm telling you that I've tried all these different things because I have been like kind of a guinea pig and I want to see what works for me and what doesn't So what does not work for me right now is obsessively counting calories and tracking things. I track things now more so to see where my nutrients are and like how much I'm eating of something. Like, am I going crazy on carbs? Am I eating way too much sugar or protein? Like that's what I'm doing it for. Um, So I'll use like an app. Like right now I'm using Carb Manager just because I realized I was actually eating like way too many carbs. But I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be a certain diet or lifestyle or anything like that it really is to see where all my nutrients are lying so I want to look at that but I do not want to start tracking crazy calories and 
and going insane over, oh my God, I can't eat out now because now I'm going to go over my calorie count and oh my God. And if I do that, then that's when you go in that crazy spiral, you guys, you don't need to put yourself in a constant downward spiral every single freaking day. You don't need to do that. Just look at, is it real food? Is it healthy? Am I going to feel like shit after this? Like we know by now when we feel like shit. I actually went on a family vacation and had a huge cheeseburger and fries and I was curling over to the point where I was like, I actually feel physically sick like I'm going to throw up because I'm also a really fast eater. I was so sick I actually had to skip dinner. So that to me signals maybe I shouldn't be scarfing down a huge cheeseburger with a bun and fries if it's going to make me feel like shit. So again, I wasn't like tracking that and being like, oh my God, a thousand 0.00 calorie. Like I don't care. It was the fact how shitty I felt after that. So just look at what you're eating and like, do you feel tired? Do you feel like sluggish? I love how I'm just making up words now. Um, Do you feel like slow, sluggish? That's what I meant to say. Um, Are you like just sad? Are you depressed? It might just be what you're eating. So I try to do now after being someone that has done, I said, 20 different things. I've had my fitness pal. I've joined 100 different gyms. You know what I'm talking about. What I'm saying now is, is this real food? Was this made in a lab? And how many ingredients are in it? That's kind of what I'm doing now. Like Cheetos is, are not real food. That was made in a lab. Those are billion dollar products that have to go through crazy amounts of experiments to get that perfectly little Cheeto taste with the neon orange flavor powdering to kind of taste like cheese. Obviously, that is not a neon orange stick of fried. I don't even know what it is. Like what even is a Cheeto? That is not real food. So those are things now that I'm trying to look at. Like, is this real food? Was it made in a lab? And can I look at the package or ingredient list and there's not 25 different things? That's what I'm doing now. And again, now I look at how I feel. So am I dying and have a cramp and I have to pass out as soon as I get home? Maybe I shouldn't be eating that meal. So just look at um, intuitively what was working for you, how you feel, how is your mood being affected? Um, Just take a look at that. So I would say tracking is important. In so you can really start to pinpoint where your issues are. Um, I'll tell you guys a funny story. I had a really bad burping issue last year where I was burping all the time. And I was like, I can't tell if this is like anxiety or, you know, when you get like a pit in your stomach, I was like, I, I can't pinpoint if that's what this is or if I am truly like, if there's an issue, like do I have an ulcer Am I, do I have acid reflux? So of course I'm Googling everything. And I'm like, it doesn't even really matter what I'm Googling because I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. Like I should just go to a doctor. So I went to a holistic doctor who wanted to do like one of three things, an elimination diet, um, a test where you have to like breathe into a bag or a stool test where you basically have to poop into a bag. And I was like, well, um, option B and C don't seem amazing. And I found out the prices were literally like $500 and $900. Sorry if you don't remember from earlier. I'm buying like $5 skincare at TJ Maxx. I'm not about to spend $500 to $900 on a test when it probably is that I'm just eating bad. So I went to a gastrointestinal specialist and they're like, okay, well, let's look at what you're eating. Walk us through your day. Let's see if there's foods that you're eating that are causing this. 
And at this point in my life, I wasn't doing what I'm talking about. I was actually eating like shit. I, the workplace that I worked at, I worked at a WeWork, if anyone's familiar with those. They're like community-style workplaces that are always having happy hours or parties or things. So I was constantly at those eating, drinking wine, shoving my face in with snacks. Like, I don't even remember. I was going crazy. And so it was so funny when we had to actually go through what I was eating. I was like, well, today we had a work happy hour. So I had a piece of chocolate cake and two glasses of wine. Then I got home and I had this other thing with um, another piece of a chocolate bar. All these different things that you could just tell the doctor's face was like, well, duh, no wonder you're burping. You're not even like eating re- real food or nourishing your body. Like you need to check what you're eating because this is where it's coming from. So she's like, I actually hate to tell you this, but chocolate and coffee are two of the most acidic things for your stomach. And that could actually be where your burps are coming from. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not really that big of a coffee drinker. So that wasn't a big deal to me. But the chocolate piece, you might as well have just told me like my family died. I was like, I can't eat chocolate. Like that's I was eating chocolate every day. I would get a bag of M&Ms every day at the WeWork. Um, They have like a little snack area. I would get M&Ms every single day. If it wasn't that, it was a brownie from 7-Eleven, which hot tip, they're the best. And they're like a dollar. I was eating that. I was having a chocolate. I don't even know. Anything chocolate, name it. I was eating it. So I was like, that's actually going to be really hard to do. But I also was so over this burping issue that I was like, I have to like take this a little more seriously. So I was like, you know what? Just do it for a week. If it doesn't, if nothing changes, then whatever, go back to eating chocolate. It's just a week. So I actually eliminated the chocolate. I didn't have cold brew or coffee or anything. And I was starting a light cold brew, but I said, let me just, you know, give this a a back burner break. And I actually stopped burping. So I didn't have to go on medicine. I didn't have to get surgery. I didn't have to go get anything checked out or scanned. It truly was changing what I was eating. So yes, it sucked that I had to stop completely eating chocolate. Now I'll have it here and there, but I'm not having it every single day like I was previously. But that was really important to me, that learning lesson of, okay, I don't need to go, um, not everything I do has a an antibiotic needed or a shot or medicine or a pill it could just be what I'm eating and now since then I actually realized that's the truth for almost everything like most things you're doing and how you're feeling and the way you are showing up is because of your food so that is something I'm trying to take a little more seriously it's definitely hard because I moved home recently and we're always eating out or I'm running out for lunch with coworkers or friends or I'm, you know, at happy hour. So I'm not saying like, you need to be eating whole foods all day, every day, no sweets, no alcohol, like that's not my lifestyle. And that probably is for some people. And trust me, I'm so jealous. I wish I could be that way. Um, And so it really is just making small changes. So what works for me too, is not being extreme, because I used to do that, I would decide one Monday, like, this is it, I'm changing my lifestyle, we're going all in, I'm totally committing which works for some people that have that extreme personality. I would do that, but then I would fall off the wagon and completely derail and like totally beat myself up. So I'd be like, absolutely no sweets. And then I'd have one sweet and be like, oh my God, I can't believe you had that. Like so dumb. How could you even think that you could do this diet? Da, da, da. And just getting really mean towards myself. So now that I'm older and have tried so many different things, 
I'm just now in a place where I'm not going to go down that route again. And I'm going to start looking at, again, what's real? Was this made in a lab? Can I pronounce the things that are on the packaging and in the ingredients? And does it make me feel like shit or not? So that's what works for me when it comes to eating. Um, Of course, there's so much information out there. I'm telling you this so you can find out what works for you. I am not saying do what I do. I'm saying go out and see what works for you. Do you want to be all plant-based? Do you want to try keto? Do you maybe want to add more fish into your diet? Like do whatever works for you. I'm telling you what worked for me because I actually had a burping issue that I had to figure out. So that's why now I am a, a little more cognizant about what I'm putting into my body because I do only have one and I want to make sure it's fully optimized, that I can still do all the things I want to do, that I can have kids when I want to. That's now what I'm thinking more is like more long-term stuff. Like why do I want to be healthy? Yes, I would love to be able to wear a crop top or a bodycon dress and look banging and not feel, you know, bad about myself. But it really is also what can I look at in the long term? Like I want to be able to be chasing after my kids and not super overweight or bogged down with traveling because I can't walk. Like these are the things I'm thinking about when it comes to a healthier lifestyle. So other things that have worked with me when it comes to body specifically, I love class pass. I did that in Chicago for about a year. And for me, it worked because I like variety. I like group classes and I like to change things up in my workouts. So it was also nice because you could go to a few studios more than once. So I started picking like, I don't know, let's say five to eight studios that I liked and alternating those throughout the weeks. So I would do yoga, then spin, then kickboxing, then a hit class, then maybe like more of a slow meditation class. It was really fun for me in Chicago because I could try out so many different studios and, and workouts and really see what I liked. I used to thought, used to thought, I love how now I'm, now I'm not even using correct grammar. Um, I used to think that I hated cycling because my butt was too big and I couldn't fit on the seat. And that was from, I think, like an experience I had once in college going to cycling class. And I went um, to one in Chicago and I had a blast. And I was like, wait, why did I think I like I really thought I hated this. And for years, I would say no to cycling classes. And then I did one on class pass. I was like, wait, this was really fun. I feel like super challenged. I feel accomplished. It wasn't that hard. It was super welcoming. So then I decided like, I'm going to start incorporating cycling into my routine. So that was fun to realize that and have that realization through class pass. And then with other things too, like yoga, kickboxing, these are all things I found out by trying so many different classes. So if you're like me and you have that mentality, I would definitely recommend class pass. Um, if you're also like me, you probably need accountability. So that's why I like it because you can't cancel within, I think it's 12 hours or else you get fined. And then if you don't even show up, you get a $20 fee. So, um, I can't point this out enough. I hate wasting money. So I missed one class. I remember, I think I was like tired and I was like, Oh, whatever, I'm not going to go. And I thought I could argue my way out of it. And they're like, sorry, like you missed the class and didn't even tell us. So I had a no show fee and I'm like, wow, I'm never doing that again. That's like flushing $20 down the toilet. So it actually helps a lot with structuring my week as well, because I know now what I like to do and what studios I like. So I'll book everything ahead of time. So I have, you know, two yoga classes a week, maybe a cycling class and a weightlifting class. And then I'm all booked up for the week and I'm all set. I can't cancel. It's like you wouldn't cancel on a client meeting. So why would you cancel on a workout that's only going to benefit yourself? 
that's why I liked ClassPass a lot. And the fact that, um, again, the variety, I didn't get bored ever. So that might not work for you. You might be like, ugh, I hate group classes. I feel awkward. It's annoying to change studios all the time. And I get that. Like my, I have a lot of friends that are like, that sounds so crazy. I can't be running around the city to all these different classes. And that's totally fine. Like if you're someone that has your routine, you go into a gym, you have your set list of exercises you want to do, do those. Like, again, this is all about what works for you. Recently, though, I realized I had been doing class pass for a year and I was like, I'm not really seeing results in the way I want to. Like, yes, I was active, which I could not say the same about four years ago, um, maybe five years ago. Obviously, in college, you're just partying and drinking all the time. But there was a phase in my life, too, where working out was like a big deal. I was like, oh, I cannot imagine working out after work. That just sounds so strenuous and crazy. Like, how am I just going to do a a hard workout after I worked eight hours full time all week? Like, that's just not not happening. And so I was very inactive. Like, like I said, working out was like once in a blue moon. So that's the reason I liked class pass was it kind of put me back on track of being active. But I was like, I kind of want to step this up and have a little more custom workout. So now I have a personal trainer and I go to him three times a week. And yes, it's more money, but the good thing is being in Florida, it's nowhere near as expensive as Chicago, but it's more custom and it's the same thing of accountability. I'm not going to cancel my trainer. If I cancel, I actually lose my session and they're not cheap. So I'm definitely not trying to lose a session, but also I told him exactly what I want. And so we are framing my workouts, um, not just on specific areas of my body because that's silly you can't just be like oh I'm only gonna work out my shoulders and nothing else like okay so you're just gonna have really nice shoulders and then not the rest of your body so that's not what I'm saying it was more of like do I want to be stronger am I trying to be faster am I trying to be more lean do I want a certain like I don't even know is there a certain body type like do I want to be super ripped like that's what we were talking about So I like going to him because, again, it keeps me accountable, but I know I'm getting specialized attention on specific things that I want to work on. Um, That's obviously in a group setting like a class, you're not going to get that same attention. You'll definitely get, you know, an instructor will come by and be like, great job, Chelsea, or hey, do you want to do a modification? Let's switch to your knees or whatever the case is, which is nice. With this, I can literally, though, it's one-on-one me and him working out, figuring out what's going to work for me. And does something hurt? Like my left knee, I've always had a weird problem with it after being pushed in a pool. And so my knee was like super messed up. And so he knows that. So we're working on things to like build strength with my left knee. At the same time, I'm doing cardio in between sets. We're doing certain things for certain body parts that um, I'm trying to get stronger around. So that's why I like a personal trainer. But of course, I understand not everyone can afford it. People can just look on Pinterest and get the same workouts and go to their gym. And trust me, like I said, I've been through all these different mindsets. I used to think trainers were a joke. I was like, that's such a waste of money. Literally just print out a workout on Pinterest and go do it. And I was pretty much that way probably up until like three months ago. So it was just uh, just until recently that I decided, let me actually get a trainer. Let me do it for a few months, see how it works out. And of course, I can always cancel. Like if I'm like, oh, I'm over this, I can do this on my own now, then I'll stop going to him. But for right now, it really holds me accountable and I am getting to where I want to be. So I'm going to keep doing that. 
something that also works really well for me is yoga for not only body, um, not only like stretching, but really calming down my mind. If any of you have been to a yoga class, which I'm sure you have, it's really slow. And so for me, when I first started, I was like, this is so boring. I am not doing another yoga class. People are crazy. Like I cannot believe people are yoga teachers and do seven hours of yoga a week. Like I was bored out of my mind. But I was like, you know what, though, I am really stretched out and I feel way better. And that's because I found out we carry a lot of tension in our hips. So when we did a hip opener stretch, I was like, whoa, I did not realize that how much I'm sitting at a desk and being crunched over all day, how much like tension and stress I'm just holding in parts of my body. So yoga really helps me get all that out. But also, like I said, calm down my mind. The instructors are really, really good about, um, you know, walking you through each movement, but also reaffirming certain things in your life and setting intentions and really allowing you to check in with yourself it's almost like an hour of meditation just doing exercise with it so I really like yoga for that and like I said stretching out after especially doing like weightlifting all week is something really nice for me and I used to be way more into it like full-blown yogi I was doing like handstands crows I literally was like I'm about to be a yoga teacher and then I I can't remember why I stopped I think I just started getting more busy and I stopped being so focused on it but I remember that was probably the best I've ever felt about my body when I was doing it all the time in hot yoga because I was so stretched out I was so like peace not peaceful like so zened out if you will because I was taking an hour each day to just be with my own thoughts on a mat and that was there's something really powerful in that that you don't have to always be running around and at Barry's boot camp with volume 100 slamming ropes and kettlebell kettlebells and whatever else because I've done those classes too and I've had so much fun in those and I'm like oh my god this is sick I love working out to crazy loud music but at the same time there's also something to be said for just being on a mat with your own body and your own thoughts for an hour so yoga is something that really really works for me so that's my two cents on like eating and um uh body and workout but of course there's always things that I'm trying to improve on. Like right now, I'm realizing that I don't really know what supplements to take. I've always just heard like, take magnesium, take a probiotic, take vitamin C, take vitamin D, take vitamin A, B, C, D. And I'm like, okay, what what do I actually need to take? So I'm trying right now to go get a panel to see where my deficiencies are, to see what I should be taking so that I stop wasting money on things that I don't even know that I need or not and making sure that I'm actually supplementing my body the way it needs to be supplemented. Um, and then the other part of that too is just like portion controls. We all know America is crazy with our portions. So I've gotten way more cognizant of that. Like if I'm getting a big meal, then I'll get a to-go box so that I can take the other half for lunch. Or if I'm getting something with a friend, like let's just split it. We know it's going to be huge anyway. So those are little, little baby changes that you can make to have a healthier lifestyle. But of course, like I said, I am no expert. I mean, I just had Texas toast an hour ago. So DM me your favorite ways to work on a healthier lifestyle and get back in that mindset because I'm constantly working on that. Now, moving on to one of my faves um, outside of working out is like taking care of yourself with things that we think are luxuries, which I don't really think are luxuries. I think we should be getting them. And I'm talking about massages, facials, maybe a manicure, pedicure, a bubble bath. These are things that to me are 
I'm yes, I'm treating myself, but I'm like a massage really is, especially if you're working out, so helpful to get out nods, um, all the liquid that builds up in certain areas, all the acid that's building up in your body. Like you need to get that worked out. So yes, you don't need to be going to a hundred dollar a massage masseuse every single week. That would be crazy. If you have that money, by all means go do that. I am such a Groupon gal, like they should make me a brand ambassador. I love Groupon for a number of different things to get. So my recent favorite on Groupon is reflexology massages. So hear me out for a second because you're going to be like, oh my God, is she serious? Groupon massages like at an actual nicer place. Those to me I don't like because either something the reason this is a personal opinion i feel like nicer places that are on there are either struggling with something and that's why they're putting them on groupon and i'm like why would i like why wouldn't they just have a better management system or booking system like why are they on groupon there has to be something wrong and every time i've gotten one of those massages that that's what ended up happening like it's super hard to get a massage in or it's super far away and super inconvenient hours so i stopped getting like nicer massages on groupon and started focusing on reflexology ones and those ones are a little different at least in my experience the ones that i've gotten are all clothed so you go in clothed and then they do everything over your clothes and it's more of like a communal setting it sounds really weird and trust me people told me about this all the time in chicago i was like that sounds weird i would never do that i'm just going to you know, pay for it myself, splurge a little more on my own massage, which I still do. But the reflexology ones are actually amazing. The people that work at those, oh my God, they know what they're doing. Like I had my back like cracked. I had a, a what's it called? Huge knot in my back. They got out. I, I have a really high arches, so I have really tight feet and I get really jumpy when people massage my feet and they worked they, those out. They worked with like certain tools. I was really impressed. So check out reflexology massages on Groupon and hot tip, check if your insurance will cover things like sports massages or massages at a chiropractor because mine did. I went to a chiropractor every single month for probably over two years in Chicago and it was covered by my insurance and I had a $25 copay. So I was getting a trigger point therapy massage and my realignment for my spine by my chiropractor every month for $25 because of my insurance. So check that out. Of course, I know not everyone has insurance or maybe they just have a package deal that doesn't have that in there. So that's when I would suggest Groupon or ask for it for Christmas or just save up. Like it's not that crazy to get a massage or a facial. I think that's just taking care of yourself just the way you would gift that to someone else. Gift that to yourself. If you want to make it a gift or if you just want to say, this is going to be part of my monthly routine, maybe quarterly, however much you want to do it, whatever's in your budget. But for me, that's important. So I do make that a priority to get that stuff done. Um, nails. That's not really a priority, you guys. I, I know you might think it is. Um, what I mean by that is, like, my nails aren't affecting my body. Like, if I have a knot in my back, I will be messed up all day. My, if my nails are not painted, I'm not going to be messed up all day. I can have my mom help me paint my nails. And the reason I say that, because when I paint them, I look like a 12-year-old boy on crack just tried to paint them because they get all over the place. So if I have the money, I have a little extra money from a paycheck, I'll go get them done. Um, but again, I don't really make that a priority as much as I do a massage or facial or reflexology trigger points, things like that. 
And then I would say last, moving on to spirit, there's so many different things that we could talk about here. So really, this is, again, what works for you. Take what you like and what you don't like, don't apply to your life. It's super easy. So what I mean by that is I have super religious friends that read Jesus Calling every morning and they send me passages. And guess what? That works for them. My mom um, grew up Catholic, but she also kind of has taken a step back and become a little more spiritual than religious but she has a prayer that she does that's super long like it's 30 minutes and she does this every day it doesn't matter what time like she's not really specific about if it's at morning or you know afternoon or night but she has this one prayer and she's uninterrupted it's not something that she's like oh yeah hold on let me stop my prayer and go make lunch and then come back she'll literally be like sorry i'm in the middle of my prayer so that's what works for her Other people are like, that doesn't work for me. I want to write in a gratitude journal every morning. Or I like reading my horoscope and learning about astrology. I want to listen to a podcast and read a book about this. That's great. Do whatever works for you. Um, I love my horoscope, even though people think it's bullshit. I think there's so much more to horoscopes than the the surface ones we see on like Cosmo.com or L.com. Which, by the way, L.coms are the ones I like to read. They're short and sweet. But I just think, okay... How does the moon and the sun, like we, and earth, we all are in a circular motion and the moon affects earth's tides. The sun revolves every day. Like we have a sunset and sunrise every single day. And we're constantly around all these other planets. I think there has to be something that has to do with planets on our own um, I don't know, what is it, minds, psyche, bodies, I don't know what you want to call it. But there has to be some way we relate to astrology. So that's my whole thing is I actually just find it really interesting and I want to learn more about it. Like I want to find out about my birth chart and get a birth chart reading because I had no idea about that before. I actually like looking deeper into what does it mean to be uh, an Aquarius, that's what I am. But there's also like rising signs and sun signs and moon signs. Like I don't even know the extent of it. These, these are just things I've been hearing the last like six months. And I'm like, this is actually really interesting. So for me, that's something that I like to look at that stuff in the morning and say, okay, what's my horoscope say today? I am not letting it run my life. If it says, hey, Aquarius, take a leap today and confront your you know boss about getting a raise or something like that that I'm not gonna go into work that day just because my horoscope said and say like listen up I demand a raise um that we have quarterly reviews for that if I want to go demand a raise I'll bring that up in my quarterly review I'm not gonna do it on Tuesday morning just because my horoscope said to so that's what I mean by do what works for you and don't let things you know be so dogmatic in your life let them be what they need to be for you, but you don't need to let your life be run by them. So I like to read the horoscopes. Like I said, I think they're fun and they're easy to read. And it's just a nice little, um, I don't know, a little pick me up for me in the morning. But going into like checking that in the morning, what I don't want to do is check my horoscope and then switch over to Instagram and start scrolling. Going back to my point of cortisol and stressed out and tension and all this stuff, This is something I've actually challenged myself to do is checking into how I feel when I open social media. And it is crazy when you actually really start looking at it. So I would say like two weeks ago, I I was in the worst habit 
two weeks ago is when I started like challenging myself. Before that, I was in the worst habit of waking up and I would immediately open my Instagram, scroll, 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 check stories, check who's seen my story, go to someone's profile, stop. Wait, and I'm doing this all before I even get out of bed. That is such a bad habit. I don't care who you are. Like, I can't make a case for anyone saying, no, it's absolutely super healthy to check Instagram in the morning before I get out of bed. I don't think anyone would agree with that. So for me, I'm trying to make it a point, if I am opening my phone, it's to turn off my alarm, it's to check my horoscope or whatever I want to check that's like going to actually help my day, and then turn on my meditation headspace app. What I'm not going to do is start scrolling Instagram, checking my email, checking my bank account, checking my text messages. That is when your body starts going insane and getting stressed out. And this is what I noticed. So I would actually open you know the Instagram app and I would honestly start to feel like my heart race a little faster and like get a little anxious and I'm not talking I'm not being extreme of like oh my god I opened Instagram I'm saying more so like it really was like what am I gonna see pop up whose life am I gonna compare mine to today who looks really pretty that I want to look like who's on this trip that I want to be on and get super anxious and down about myself and then check my email and see that a client is pissed off about something. Why would I do all that before I've even again stepped out of bed? So that is something that when you think about going back to like the spiritual aspect of taking care of yourself, think about how is this helping my life or my mind? Is checking Instagram for 25 minutes every morning really helping me in any way? Probably not. Like, again, I can't make a case to say how it would help unless you follow a bunch, like you don't follow anyone but inspirational accounts and you truly think that's inspirational and you're not comparing yourself. I am fully admitting that I go on it. And guys, by the way, I work in this industry. I work with influencers. Like that is my job. I am constantly on social media for my job anyway. So to get on and see the, the posts that I do where I know half of it is manufactured and fake and not real, I still get anxious. Like, or jealous. Like, how is that person affording that trip? Or why do they get 20 days off on vacation and they're just on the south of France on a yacht? Like, how do I get that to be my life? And yes, there are times where I'm like, that is really inspirational. And I want to be able to have that life. So let me make, you know, make moves to make that happen. But then there's other times where I'm like, oh, I suck. Like, I can't believe this person my age is doing that. And I'm sitting here doing nothing, just working a nine to five and running through the motions. That's all prompted by Instagram. No one else is putting those thoughts in my head except me because of what I'm exposing myself to. So check out what you're exposing yourself to. If you're constantly checking social media or listening to things that are talking shit about people or reading things online that are just negative, 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 you're going to start acting that way too. So like I said, challenge yourself to see what am I doing in the morning that's helping me and throughout my day that is bringing me down or making me jealous or anxious or depressed or whatever the case is that you could stop easily doing. So I know it's hard. Like, are you kidding? I I check my stories all the time. I want to see if my crush is checking them out. I want to see what's going on in the travel world, who's on what trips. Like I'm human. I love to see that stuff. But if I died tomorrow, not to take it to a morbid level, but let's say I died tomorrow and I see a whole reel of my life. We have no idea what happens after we die because no one's died and come back to life to tell us specifically, this is exactly what you're going to see when you die. So what I'm saying is if I died and all of a sudden I got to see an entire reel of my life, 
would I want to see me just like talking shit about people, checking my Instagram, doing nothing with my free time? And by the way, it is a luxury that we can choose what we want to do with our free time. No one is telling us that we need to be doing this, this, and this with our free time. You literally, I'm talking in my own experience. Like I get out of my job and I have my whole afternoon or evening to do whatever I want. So why would I have that, let's say, three to four hours to do whatever I want and spend an hour of that looking at other people's lives? Like when you say that out loud, it's actually quite crazy. So that's something I would challenge you guys to do is how am I living my life if I died tomorrow and I saw myself on a projector and it showed what I was doing every day, what am I doing? Am I looking at myself in the mirror, talking about how disgusting I am, then going to work and hating my life and checking Instagram, then talking shit about people all day, then punishing myself for having a brownie at lunch. Like that's a miserable ass way to live. Like that sucks. So what I'm saying is get out of that headspace, talk positively to yourself, do whatever you need to do. I used to write mirror mantras on my mirror. Now I'm in between places all the time, so I don't really do that. But if it's making your phone background an inspirational quote, if it's writing something on your in your journal, if it's writing a goal on a piece of paper tucked away that no one knows about in your purse, whatever it is that like makes you excited and smile and happy, go after that. Stop surrounding yourself not not only with negative people, but negative things that you're doing that you don't even maybe realize you're doing that are overall affecting yourself. So that's, I would say, a great way to wrap up the podcast is check in with yourself. What are you doing? How are you talking to yourself? Are you always punishing yourself for things that you don't need to be punished about? Like it's life. Guess what? You can go out and have a brownie skillet from Chili's and it's fine. And that's that sounds like garbage to some people. That sounds like paradise to me. But I'm also, yes, I'm going to feel like shit after that. So I know I don't really want to eat that. So what I'm saying is just check in. What works for you? What doesn't? Is it a Chili's brownie skillet? It might be because that's what works for me. So check in with yourself. Do what works for you. Leave what doesn't and stop surrounding yourself with negativity, both within people and things that you're doing. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will try to link some of these different resources in the show notes so you guys can check them out like the Daily Stoic Journal and Headspace and things like that. But next week, I want to have my mom on. So I know she was a huge hit when she first came on. And I want to hear what you guys want to hear from her. So I'll post on the Instagram, ohmypod, which is at ohmypod underscore, seeing what you guys want to hear from her. Or um, I'm going to start making an email too so you guys can email me so we can get questions in and have her answer them because she is very, very wise. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you guys like this episode. If you want to hear more solo ones, let me know. But otherwise, we'll talk next week. 